This is Kate Moorhead Carroll in the podcast, Find It. Today I want to talk about a parable of Jesus and its many layers of meaning. I was honored to do a small wedding this past Friday. Just the couple and a few of their friends. And after the ceremony, we had coconut cake and champagne. The coconut cake was layered and it was so good. While we were talking, I started staring at this delicious coconut cake and something occurred to me. I'm always pondering the text that I'm going to be preaching on on Sunday. The church assigns scripture for us and all week it'll be running around in my head. But while I was staring at this cake, it hit me. The parables that Jesus gives us come in layers, just like the coconut cake. The parables have deep and rich meaning that can be uncovered one layer at a time. But most of us only touch the surface. The parable that I want to focus on today is about a field. Wheat is planted in the field by the master of the field. And then an enemy comes and plants weeds among the wheat. Both grow up together, the wheat and the weeds. The servants of the master want to pluck out the weeds, but the master explains that this cannot be done without hurting the wheat. No, the two must grow up side by side, intermingled, until the time of the reaping. Then the reapers will come, and they will gather the weeds first, They will gather the weeds and bind them together and burn them. Once that process is over, then the wheat will be gathered into the barn. Jesus told this parable to a bunch of farmers and fishermen who would have been very comfortable hearing images from nature. And after he told this surface lair, he went into a house and his disciples followed him inside. Once inside, the disciples ask him to tell them what the parable means. So Jesus gives them the first layer beneath the surface. The first layer has the wheat and weeds representing people. God is the master who plants good people on the earth. The children of God, they are the wheat. The devil or the evil one plants weeds who are children of the darkness. But the disciples cannot separate good people from bad people. If they tried to do that, they would damage themselves and others. They must wait until the reapers come. And the reapers, Jesus says, are the angels. So we are not to judge who is a child of the light and who is a child of the darkness. Only the celestial beings can do that. When we encounter someone who does bad things, we often do one of two options. We try to change the person or we try to get away from them or get rid of them. Both of these options don't really work. 
Oh, most of us don't kill our enemies anymore, but what we do is eliminate them from our lives if we can. And sometimes this is necessary, but sometimes we get rid of people who also have good qualities or who play an important role in our lives, and this can be a loss. The other option is that we try to change people, especially the people we love who make bad choices. This too doesn't work. We cannot control those who we love or really any other human being at all. One of the great truths of AA and Al-Anon is the truth that not only are alcoholics powerless over alcohol, but their loved ones are powerless over them. You cannot get an addict to stop drinking. Only God can do that. Only a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity, we say in the second step. Only a power greater than ourselves. We can spend our lives trying to fix other people, and it will not only hurt them, it will hurt us. It makes you crazy. But there is also an even more profound layer beneath the first layer, which is people. Each one of you who has spent time in meditation knows that when we sit down to meditate, we have thoughts that are of God, that are wise and good and inspirational, and we have thoughts that are come from the darkness. Even Jesus was tempted. All human beings have wheat and weeds in our minds. So within each person, There are thoughts that are of God and there are thoughts that are of the darkness. But we cannot remove our bad thoughts and impulses as much as we might try. In fact, the greatest truth about centering prayer or meditation, be it Buddhist or Christian, Hindu, is the truth that we must let these thoughts be. We cannot remove distraction. We cannot remove thoughts that are crazy, like, wow, what if I jumped off this cliff? We simply must observe them. When you sit down to pray, I know that your mind must be like mine. You think of the laundry that's in the dryer and needs to be folded or the emails that you haven't responded to. And these thoughts can be very distracting. Sometimes they lead us to get up and move and not pray. Sometimes they lead us to focus on them and try to get rid of them. But the only way forward is to just notice them and not try to remove them. We must simply observe both the wheat and the weeds in our minds. Only God will be able to separate them. John Nash, the Nobel Prize winning mathematician, was a paranoid schizophrenic. In the movie, A Beautiful Mind, He talks about his diagnosis. It came late as everyone attributed his idiosyncrasies to his brilliance. For many years after his diagnosis, he dulled his mind with medication in order to quiet the voices and not see people who weren't there. But in the end, John Nash stopped taking medication and instead he engaged in what he called a diet of the mind. He chose which thoughts to listen to and which ones to just let go of. He chose to be well. He chose to just let the voices be, to ignore the people who he saw that weren't there. 
The weeds, he allowed them to grow up in his mind and he navigated around them. And in doing so, his mind was restored to clarity and the brilliance of his mathematical intellect was restored. John Nash understood the parable of the wheat and the weeds within his own mind. But there's even another layer beneath the layer of the mind. Beneath the layer of people and the layers of the mind is the layer of life itself. Life itself, as we experience it, is made up of good and bad experiences, weed and weeds, if you will. As much as we try to remove the bad experiences from our lives to avoid the suffering, we cannot seem to do it. And sometimes the avoidance of suffering causes us to distort our behavior, even make moral missteps. So we cannot remove the pain of this world, but we can focus on the wheat. Yes, notice the brokenness of the world. Notice the injustice, the crime, the heat, the violence. And when God leads you, do your part to assist in ending all of it. But understand that it is the angels of God who will ultimately right the wrongs of this world. It is Christ himself who will come and make things right. It is not your job to fix it all. In fact, when you try to fix it all, when you try to remove the weeds, you hurt the wheat, you hurt yourself, and you can hurt others as well. The role of the human being is complicated. We are to cultivate the wheat. We are to focus on what is good and do our best to combat evil. But in the end, we are also to recognize that we simply cannot make the world a better place without God's help. Fear wants us absorbed in it all the time. Anger wants us consumed with it. Jealousy, rivalry, they are all so enticing but don't get caught up in them. They lead only to hurt and isolation. Focus instead on the good things of life. Pay attention to the wheat, to the good qualities that reside in the people that you love and in yourself. Focus on the things to be thankful for, all that is good and joyful and true. Pay attention to the wheat and let the weeds be. Two sisters grew up side by side, the fourth and fifth, in a family of five children. Their dad was a sweet alcoholic who came home to the bottle after work and was sleepy and kind. Their mother was an angry and frustrated woman, an intellectual who felt cooped up in the house and didn't want to be a mother or wife. She took her anger out on them and hit them with a belt and criticized them. Their dad loved them quietly, but he seemed absent. One sister chose to find the light in the playing of her cello. She became absorbed in the beauty of the music. It took her to school and from there to graduate school. She eventually became married and did therapy, noticing her mother's mistakes and trying not to do the same with her own children. The other sister took to complaining about her childhood or upbringing. She focused on all that had gone wrong. She failed to keep jobs and sustain relationships, always blaming her mother and father for her faults. She lived alone all her life, miserable and attached to her weeds. Which will you choose? The wheat 
or the weeds. Life is a mixture. St. Paul writes that we are in labor pains. The earth is groaning under the weight of the darkness that commingles with the light. But we do know that we cannot fix this world without God's help. All that we can do is focus on all that is good and lovely and true, to do the best that we can and know that in the end, all will be made right. I want to choose the wheat, don't you? To see it and notice it, to cultivate it and serve it. Every day. Every day. Thank you for joining me in the podcast, Find It. Remember that if you keep searching for the divine presence, you will find it. I want to invite you, if you're interested in hearing more of these podcasts, to subscribe. Just hit the subscribe button and you will be informed of new episodes. And before we part ways, I pray that God will bless you and hold you, give you peace. Until we meet again.